All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. If you wanted to like lift the... Oh, you can tilt this one. Yeah, too. so if you wanted okay. it to be more vertical. Should it be more vertical? It's up to you. Are no, you I think it's comfortable. Fine. I think it's fine like this. Okay. It's like holding a gun sideways. Ah, uh, which is better. Which is cooler, Which is sure. better. There's a lot of that in Pulp Fiction, which was the first movie you had me watch. That's right. There are some themes overlapping some of the movies we've assigned each other. We can get into that down the road. But Definitely like, true. So far in our two um, show show movies where we've assigned each other, you've given me like... I hesitate to use the word pulpy, but you've given me like a crime movie both times and I've given you a, like a schmaltzy rom-com both times. It's true because yeah. I think those are our blind spots. Well, I mean, they're just, we both have broad tastes, I think, but they're probably the most concentrated versions of what we like best. Like you don't just like a movie about tough guys. You no, like you true. like a drug addict story and that's very much evident in Goodfellas. Definitely. And it's got, got a pace to it and it's got... The, even the dialogue has like boom, boom, boom. You know, it's telling a story. It's fun to watch. Definitely. Fun to watch is a big thing. For well, me. this is where we overlap. Is And right. this is where Notting Hill and Goodfellas are the same. <laughs> Both very witty. Char- yes, charming people. True. Good good chat movies. Yes. All right. Agreed. Well, we, we got a lot of stuff to, to get to. Lots of... Lots of entertainment news. Is this going to be our last podcast of the year? Certainly our last one before Christmas. We don't need to do one next week. I was wondering that. We can do, yeah, we can do maybe a post-Christmas, like, best 2020. We can do that. And we usually do, like, a looking at TV in the coming year podcast, like, right around New Year's Eve. So we'll do that. Let's do it. There's also something I wanted to discuss this evening. And maybe this is where we jump off. Um, You had talked about wanting to kind of bone up on your uh 2020 popular culture i do well everything really okay but but pop culture especially uh, i hope that if you've prepared any questions that i will already ace them okay because i hope to be that studied already well i have i have i have prepared some questions Terrific! i'm pumped um and i I mean i guess it's i don't know how you define popular culture but like in in the way the big fat quiz of the year 100 like everything kind of falls under pop culture because it happened you're, popularly you're right um uh, which by the way just reminded myself that's coming up in two weeks which is always a fun watch i know i'm actually upset that the uh quiz that we're doing is happening after yeah the air is is happening before the big fat quiz of the year happens because it's kind of fun to watch that and just like you know take in some other things except it is hard don't you find that like it really illustrates how removed we are from british culture Oh, yeah, there's definitely that. And it'd be interesting to see... When they're asking, like, Love Island questions, and you're like, okay, yeah. I don't know who... I, I, no, I have no idea what rugby player, you know, sent out a, a bad text. Now, this year has so widely been considered by everybody to be this global experience. Yes. Um, and largely not a great one. Right. I wonder if they're going to be able to have fun with it. I mean, obviously, you can make jokes, um, but are all the questions going to be about... A pandemic? I mean, I, I guess not. There's always like entertainment happening. There's always politics happening. There's always sports happening. Yeah, I think Jimmy Carroll have a, a pretty fun year for it. Yeah, I hope they get like a good American sub in. Well, I guess I'm not even I'm not even considering that they're going to have to do it over Zoom, which the show is totally uh, conducive to. Yeah. Do you think they will, or do you think that they could do like a bubble situation, like every yeah. week we have NFL players doing it? You know who's going to be on Big Fat Quiz of the Year? I mean, Saturday, Saturday Night Live does it. Like it's, exactly, it has to be doable, right? And that's in America. <laughs> where it's not so great these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I've prepared a 15-question game. Oh, terrific. Trivia questions. Okay. Some of them hard, some of them not hard, some of them maybe easier than I thought. Okay. We've titled it, Fast Away, The Old Year Passes. 
<laughs> Terrific. How well do you remember the last 12 months? First question. Which of these events remarkably happened in the 2020 calendar year? A, the United States House of Representatives votes to impeach Donald Trump. B, Brexit is finalized. C, Robert Downey Jr.'s Dr. Doolittle movie arrives in theaters. Or D, all of the above. Oh, I could picture this being a trick question. I think it's D, because I know Dr. Doolittle arrived in theaters. As far as Brexit being finalized, I'm a little fuzzy on I think it I think it was. And then the US House of Representatives voting to impeach Donald Trump. I know it it was basically like canceled in the end, but I don't know if it was the House of Representatives. I know the Senate like stopped it. Right. So basically what you need to know is that the Democrats have the House, at least this time last year. Right. The Republicans had the Senate. Gotcha. Okay, so all of the above. Going all of the above. Correct. It is all of the above. Whew. It's so funny to me that the thing you knew for sure was Doolittle. Doolittle was my... <laughs> this is this is the way trivia works for me. This is why I'm strong in it. Okay. Because I, I will... Uh, I'll know at least one thing that can kind of lead me to the Can you see answer. the screen? I can see the screen perfectly. Not that it matters at all. All you're ever going to see on the screen is text, but I made a PowerPoint and I'd like to be able to use this, it. This is great. I thought you just found this. No, no. I, I built this. <laughs> oh, God. This is incredible. All right. Next question. What movie did Hugh Grant recently call, quote, kind of a masterpiece? A, Love Actually, B, Florence Foster Jenkins, C, Paddington, or D, Paddington 2? The answer, remarkably, is D, Paddington 2. Yes, it is Paddington 2. And I'm two for two. Have you seen any of the Paddington movies? No, I haven't. They're apparently amazing. I guess this the... The second one, it has like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's right. And Hugh Grant, of course, is in Love Actually and Florence Foster Jenkins. He's in Paddington 2, but not the first Paddington. I haven't oh. seen either one. Okay. So I threw that one in there as a curveball. But he says that like maybe technically it's the best movie he's in. And some Whoa. people have said it's his best performance, like his most sincere, lovely performance. I do want to watch it. Yeah, me too. I, I guess we should start with the first one. Yes. All right. Yeah, I guess so. All right, you're two for two. Congrats. Woo. Next question. There were eight films nominated for Best Picture at this year's Academy Awards. Name five of them. Oh, man, that is tougher. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure which number to throw at you. Becky couldn't name three. Couldn't name three. Okay, we got, we definitely have um, Parasite, Marriage Story, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What else was there? Now I know that Renee Zellweger got best supporting act or best actress for Judy, but I don't know if Judy was nominated as a best picture. But I watched all the best pictures, so come on, Matt. Get, all get of it. your instincts are good. Uh, Judy? Nope. Ah, oh, damn it! You're, I thought you were all, leading me into all of it. your instincts are good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, two more. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Who won best? Oh. Joker. Joker? You didn't see Joker. I didn't see Joker. No, me neither. But you're um, right. You've got four out of five. We have four out of eight. And I, I got that from Joaquin being best actor. Right? Right? Um, is there any other best? I don't think you're going to do yourself any more favors going through the acting categories. Okay. Um, I don't think anyway. No. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, Matt. You you can I mean, there's a, there's this. a big one. There was the movie people thought was going to oh, win. Oh, 1917. That's right, 1917. So the other ones you haven't mentioned are The Irishman, right. Ford versus Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, which you love. I love Jojo Rabbit. And Little Women, which yeah. I loved. 
God. Okay. Cool. This really, is this really is a good solid top eight actually. This very year's solid Oscars. top eight. Really good. Okay, you're doing okay. You're doing all right. All right. All right. Feeling good. What artist achieved a major category shutout at this year's Grammys? A feat only ever once uh, made before by Chris Christopherson. Is it A. Billie Eilish, B. Lizzo, C. Lana Del Rey, or D. Ariana Grande? It's A. These are. Um, we're getting to some questions where I can answer before you even give the. Please don't do that, though. I won't I, do that. I'll play it Because I worked so hard. I know. You're right. Okay, I'll, I'll play it out. <laughs> I think these are going to be too easy for you. I think I chat your ear off, and these are the questions I chose based on what I'm interested in. No, no. I think these are, are going to be the questions. So Good. I unequivocally well, want to hear them. Well, you're doing this with your friends, and I have no idea how you guys prepare your trivia game. And so I just tried to be as broad and and uh, broadly categorical as I could. Terrific. Next question. You're killing it so far. Okay. It is Billy Eilish. <laughs> Who performed at this year's Super Bowl halftime show? I'll tell you, I had no idea. Really? I could not remember for the life of me. I mean, right. I remember now. Cool. All right. I'm not going to give you any options. Oh, okay. That's perfect. That would give it away. Uh, Shakira and J-Lo. It is. You remember that without a beat. It, well, no, it took a beat. We've, we've been going over some of these questions. See, that seems like so long ago, uh, but, that, yeah. that halftime show. It took a second, but I remembered Shakira d- doing the like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And then from that, I got J-Lo. I didn't. I mean, I guess I watched that halftime show, and I I didn't have any particular feelings about it. But it feels like two or three years ago to me. It's yeah. There's a lot of questions like that. Next question. In late March, celebrities were accused of tone deafness in reference to a smash cut of many of them singing John Lennon's "Imagine." Who was the instigator of this video? Was it A. Kristen Wiig, B. Gal Gadot, C. Jimmy Fallon, or D. Scarlett Johansson? It was B. Gal Gadot. Yeah, it was. I wonder what that was about. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, she kind of rallies from that because she's so darn charming. She's got, like, yeah. And she's definitely got kind of rose, rose-colored glasses. That's so, Let's save the true. world. Anyway, three of these people woman. were, in fact, in the video, and uh, as were um, Christine, uh, Kristen Wiig and Jimmy Fallon. I don't think Scarlett was in that video. No, ScarJo was probably told by Colin Jost to not be in it. Had the foresight. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Next question. If Prince Harry and Meghan Markle don't receive a Christmas card from the Queen this year, what early 2020 public decision of theirs may have led to this? Uh, this is easy. Yeah, leaving the uh, monarchy. Yeah, kind of. Is, yeah. That, is, that, is that the correct phrase? What I wrote was, they renounced their royal titles and retired from official duties. Hashtag Megxit. Megxit. That's yes. perfect. There'll probably be some kind of Megxit question in your trivia game. You're right. Well, a lot of the... A lot of the um, quiz questions that we've seen have been what app did they announce it on do you know that what app what, what social media was it instagram it was instagram okay which yeah. kind of makes sense i was like well, it's not like they TikToked it right you, you <laughs> narrow it down pretty quickly yeah. and it's not going to be facebook so it's no. really just going to be twitter or instagram that's right imagine if they TikToked it or if they <laughs> tumblered it we are leaving <laughs> we we are leaving I, I would love for them to put it up on like pixo <laughs> or, or MySpace. <laughs> they put it on MySpace. Yeah, they should do that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think you've had any wrong so far. Did you uh, get that Oscar question, or did I have to help you? No, you did I, it on your own. I needed help. You, I said Judy. So. Oh, that's right. In 1917, I gave you a little push. Yeah, you're still you did. you're still doing you totally great. Did. What broad criticism did fans of the Christopher Nolan film Tenet have? A. It was often too dark to make out. B. It was often too muffled to be heard. C, it was inherently misogynistic in premise. Or D, it didn't feature Batman. I, I feel like this is also uh, an all of the above question, but uh, I believe it was uh, too muffled to be heard. 
It is indeed okay. difficult to hear. You should watch it with the subtitles. Apparently, I haven't had the opportunity yet. I right. think it comes out on, on streaming this week. It's on VOD now. Oh, okay. So for $25, you can watch it on uh, Bell. He has been not surprisingly very snotty about the Warner Brothers 2021 slate. Is that right? Streaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember when he wanted us to die for his movie? Right. And we didn't, and now we're going to watch it at home. So he's just like, well, it, it doesn't make sense that it would be released. Although it's funny because the news of the world is going to be have a theatrical release. And the uh, the new Tom Hanks movie? The news of the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And uh, he actually, like, at the end of the screen, it's like, in cinema safe theaters only. And it's like, well, so theaters that are just changing their right. yeah. protocols. So it's not going to stream movie. at all at first? I don't know. Because I don't know if it's streaming as well. To be fair, like the entire WB slate is also going to theaters. Like Wonder oh, Woman is. is also going to be in theaters. Okay. Suicide Squad is just going to stream simultaneously. Okay. So si- I, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. That- Thir- 30 day runs on both places. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. But not necessarily at the same time, right? Yep. Like y- you won't have to wait. To same release it. day. Yeah. That's amazing. And I don't know what the cost. I don't know how that is different. Like. But there's going to be a cost for sure, right? Because uh, originally you were saying you think it's just through the provider, which I would love. I think it's through the provider. I think if you have access to like standard HBO content, but maybe not. I, don't, it, I think it's kind of like having a movie pass. You pay your subscription and you watch yeah. whatever comes out. Uh, I hope so. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Next question. This year included at least three defining and unforgettable moments for the culture of professional basketball. Oh. What were they? I'm thinking of three in particular. I think these are inarguably the three big basketball things of 2020. Okay, well, I guess the first would be uh, the night that the NBA got shut down because Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell had COVID. You're a little more inside than I am. Okay. Um, but you're on the right track with, with one of mine, for sure. So Mine's a broader a broader theme. Well, the NBA bubble sure. was big. Yeah. Um, the NBA... Uh, 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 basically like kiboshing all their games in one day because of the Black Lives Matter protests. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, so you're kind of destroying this question. You have good answers for this one. Okay. You're, you're getting you're getting all correct answers. These are just not the three that I thought of. Oh, um... But there's two more that are very, very... The Last si- Dance? Significant. Yes, The Last Dance. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. There's one that's bigger than all of those. Uh... The Lakers winning with LeBron and Space Jam? Oh, man. It's Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter oh, accident. yes. It happened I, this year. I, I have that on the list of questions, too. And yeah. A, lo- I, a lot of celebrity deaths this year. Yeah, a that's ton, true. A lot of them were old people. Yeah. Not all of them were, but no. like even the old ones were like some heavy hitters this year. And that was an early one, too. Yeah. yeah like that, that was, was like within two weeks of 2020 starting. Right. Yeah, that was a bad sign for what was to come. <laughs> it really was. Goodness. Next question. Which part of Dolly Part which pair of Dolly Parton Parton statements which pair of Dolly Parton statements is not entirely accurate? A. She invested in both COVID nineteen vaccine trials and the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. B. She released her first Christmas album in thirty years, and she is Miley Cyrus's godmother. C. She rescued a little boy from being hit by a car, and she wakes up every day at three a.m. D. Her middle name is Rebecca. And she has a pet lemur named Peyton. Oh, wow. So there are eight Dolly statements here. Seven of them are true. I'll tell you that much. Okay. And one of them is not entirely true. I don't know if she was, if she invested in the COVID, or I don't know if she, I know she invested in the COVID-19 vaccine trial. So let's go through it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not sure on. I don't think she released a Christmas album 
this year. I know that the Miley Cyrus thing is true, I believe. Rescued a little boy from being hit by a car and wakes up every day at 3 a.m. Uh, I don't know if that's true. And I don't know if the D is true either. Her middle name is Rebecca and she has a pet lemur named Peyton. But it's so specific. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with which pair of statements is not entirely true. I'll say... I'll say B. I don't think she released her first Christmas album in 30 years. She did indeed release a Christmas album in she November. Did. We're not playing a single track from it on our radio station that plays tons of Dolly Parton Christmas music. Whoa. It's weird, but that's a fact. That is very weird. No, the correct answer uh, was in fact D. Okay. Her middle name is Rebecca and she has a pet lemur named Peyton. Which of those statements do you suppose is inaccurate? Uh... Her middle name's not Rebecca. No, it is. She does not have does a pet not lemur have... named Peyton. Wow, that's that was such an obscure, random that's, fact. That's, that's exactly what I was trying Inside to do. Inside the minus sweets. Pulled the wool over your eyes. I think we're almost done here. You're doing very well. Okay. I'm, I'm loving it. Former President Barack Obama recently listed some of his favorite TV shows of the year. Yes. Which of these was not included on his list? A, The Boys. B, The Good Place. C, Ozark. Or D, Better Call Saul. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> it's my father to tell him that I just won a million dollars. The answer is C, Ozark. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is Ozark. That just happened like the other day. Maybe uh, maybe today I, even. I think it was today. I wrote yeah. it down for the show show. I did not know it yesterday. So I, I have a lot of feelings about the Barack Obama lists that he's always put out. It just seems... They're always too cool. There's, well, they're just so mainstream. They're so strategized. Yes, there is a coolness certainly to the music lists, and I don't buy them 100%, but it's just like... I remember when he put out his book list, and he's like, I read The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, and then it wins the Pulitzer Prize for best... Like, right. it's just like He picks the thing that, of course... You didn't enjoy reading The Nickel Boys. That it, book's miserable. It's the front runner. Yeah. But which show do you think he actually... like? Like, to me him watching the boys is hilarious no to me it's unrealistic that he could enjoy the boys yeah it's about like a corrupt post society like why would barack obama enjoy that at all yeah i think he i think his his statement on it was like it's for it's about like people rebelling and standing up for what's right in the face of like corporate uh misogyny and sure but that's how barack obama unwinds yeah exactly it's you're right something's not adding up Right. It's it's too good of a list. This and is why like, I think Ozark is a really good curveball in here because like secretly I think a part of him wants to wants to see what that live in is like. I certainly do. That's why the rest of us like Ozark. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go yeah. Oh, and honestly, that probably made the uh the short list of shows that he should have said. Yeah, cuz it's an obvious thing to say. And they were like, "Let's just go with three crazy ones." Right. Right. All right, next question. Okay. Which of these disgraced and currently incarcerated figures caught the novel coronavirus this year while in prison? Was it A, Bill Cosby, B, Harvey Weinstein, C, Suge Knight, or D, Joe Exotic? I believe it's Harvey Weinstein. It is Harvey Weinstein. Boom. This is the only Tiger King reference in this quiz. Okay. But you should have a little Tiger King in your arsenal. Bone up a little That's bit on it. for sure a moment in time this yeah. year. Yeah. All right. What true natural threat briefly in the news this summer, will no doubt become an eventual adversary for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I believe it's Murder Hornet. I love this question. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great That's a great question. <laughs> this is my favorite question of the whole game. Actually, uh, 
if I, if we didn't do this, I would say, I would send these to my friend who's organized and to other Colin yeah. who's organizing. If you weren't able to take part, you would. That's right. right. If I was, if I was the games master, you'd be a great games master. Thanks very much. Actually, you know what? We should do something like that sometime. Like us hosting a trivia. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. It'd be really fun. Definitely. Okay. And, and like making the questions. Oh, do you want to do that like in tandem with the podcast or just like for people? I don't know. Okay. It might be a fun like Zoom thing to get people in on or yeah. I don't know how we do that. Well, and it, not not to bring everything back to work, but like this idea of like doing virtual happy hours just doesn't work because one person has the floor at all times. Right. It's awkward. Like there needs to be some kind of activity. In how that. funny would it be if you and I hosted a virtual Zoom trivia? I feel like it would take people so by surprise that we were offering to do it. <laughs> That's sort of true. That they'd be like, whoa, let's let's see where this is going. Is one of them dying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they would honestly be like, do you guys hang out? <laughs> that would be like the first question. Wait, they're different people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit, I've been calling by each other's name this whole time. All right, we only have one more question, I think. All right. No, we have two more questions. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG, passed away in 2020. What notorious authoritarian dictator, in fact, did not, and was as was widely believed for about a weekend this year? Ooh, oh, uh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah, remember that? When everyone yeah. was like, do you think he's dead? I think he's dead. Yeah, we were like, man, something's going on there. For sure he's dead. His sister's going to be the new leader. Right. Didn't happen. He's alive. Yeah, yeah that's a great, great question, too. Yeah. Totally forgot about this. Just knew it off the top of my dome. Happy about that. I was just trying to get to 15 questions. This was kind of scraping the barrel. Love it. Okay. I didn't want everything to have COVID in it, but this still has someone dying. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Uh, all right. My boy Tom Hanks was de- has described himself as the celebrity canary in the coal mine in reference to his being the inaugural famous person to test positive for COVID-19. What other celebrity first did Hanks achieve on Saturday, April 11th? Oh. I suppose it was... Was it the official title for most times having hosted Saturday Night Live? No, but you're on the right track. He doesn't even close to have the most. No. No, he's hosted like six or seven times. Okay. Yeah. Um, No, it was a more significant celebrity first than that. But you're in the right, you're in the right event room. Did he, on the Saturday Night Live side or the most times doing something side? I guess it would be the Saturday Night Live side. Right. What did he do on, on Saturday, April 11th? That no one had ever done before. Oh, uh, monologue from home. He hosted SNL from his house. Right. It was funny because I was picturing it the whole time, but I just didn't quite put the two together. You win. Congratulations. I win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love how you have you win regardless of how many I got right. Yeah, now. I was. I really believed in you. I feel like I shot uh, a solid, like you know, eighty-five percent on that. Oh, at least. Yeah. 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 You did just fine. All right. Good. Yeah. Passing yeah. grade. Well, I think you actually, I think you killed the quiz master with your NBA response. <laughs> You're like, well, here's 15 things that are equally as significant. Bro, let me dunk on you, no pun intended. <laughs> Big time. You really did. Well, I think you're ready. All right. Perfect. I, I, I Honestly, can you send that to me so I can give it to Jen? Sure. Yeah. Because it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun. I can record her doing it too. And she's trying to bone up on it. What as you're well. describing is TikTok. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Damn I'll it. take your content and I'll use it on me and we'll get a new response to it. I just and... got talked. Yeah, you did. Yep. This is also a big thing that came up in 2020. 
TikTok really like kind of flourished. Do you think that Will Smith and or do you think that Jada is going to have the red table talk? That's T-O-K. That it'll be a TikTok show. And it'll just be like like the show condensed on TikTok in like five minutes. I'm sure that exists. You think so? I'm sure that exists already. Man, that would be good. Probably so. Um. <laughs> okay. What else do we have from? Uh, we got some things. This did, week? did you hear the Tom Cruise rant? Oh my god, it was so vicious <laughs> from a guy who does his own stunts with reckless abandon yeah. and shattered his own leg. And is famously, however crazy he might definitely be, he's famously pretty chill, except for that one week in 2004. Right. He really never loses his cool. Right. People, uh, people seem to really like him. But he was, he was so... Um, I know that he's like, hey, he's trying to make paint the bigger picture of like, hey, there's like college tuitions that are being paid for. There's all this stuff. But at the same time, like, how are you going to lead here, man? Is this how you want to lead? Exactly. That you're absolutely right. So this is this is where you kind of get torn because what he's saying has a lot of merit to it. And it kind of comes from a pretty moral place. He's not wrong about anything. Like, look, we're lucky to be able to work to work here. We're making movies. We're not saving the world. Um, so you're going to have to try harder to to be safe. Right. But it's when you start like saying the F word a lot and screaming bloody murder right. and threatening to fire people that suddenly you don't really have any clout anymore. You don't have any respectability anymore. Right. And so there needs to be another way to govern. And I feel like I need more background on what he did. to. Like, I know he apparently has like a, a cruise ship, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> off off the ocean like off the coast of wherever they were shooting to like quarantine the staff first and like so safety was a big thing and then i don't know what he had to agree to with the studios and stuff to make it happen and how much pressure he's under to make sure that everything goes safely and maybe he's not by a long shot the only guy making movies right now though no that's the thing i think i don't know maybe caught tom cruise after too many cappuccinos well, what's really weird is that there's a long history of him thinking he's above science and medicine because of his Scientology. Like well, you, there's that. You think that his religion would preclude him from getting COVID, or maybe he's just worried about all the the non Scientologists around him. He's like, yeah, this is his prime like uh, his prime time to recruit. So I don't know what Tom recruits. One of two things is happening here. He's either very used to behaving this way. And somebody was just ready to nail him. I don't know though, because that or it's even more psychotic, and he just snapped. He's like he normally snapped. really nice, and just like all of a sudden he turned into. I mean, we all remember when Christian Bale was recorded totally. having having a meltdown. Don't you think? Why do you think, old man? You're done. But over time, we've come to get another perspective on that story, which was basically that this other guy was being the worst. This guy yeah. was really screwing up. Right. And you should never scream at somebody. That's not the right solution. But like, there's no other stories of Christian Bale not being a good guy. There's right. literally that's, I mean, that's maybe the most famous Christian Bale story, but it's yeah. the only bad one. And there are lots of reasons to think Tom Cruise might be a little kooky. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, the jumping on the couch thing, I think, like, started everything. But if that never happened, no one would think Tom Cruise was a kooky guy. There was that whole week with Katie Holmes. Yeah. well, I mean, there, there's kookiness. You're there's right. also the Matt Lauer thing. Remember when he, like, told... And I know we don't like Matt Lauer either anymore, but, like, mm-hmm. he told Matt Lauer, like, no, you don't understand about... Here's the thing about medical science. And, like, he gets really smug oh, about really? Scientology. Yeah. The only other thing I could think of him, like, snapping was when a guy, like shot a water gun in his face during an interview or something. That was Will Smith. No, no. Okay, well, maybe someone it's, maybe did something it's a reoccurring to, thing. to Tom yeah. Cruise, and he's like, hey, no, no, no. You're being a jerk. 
<laughs> and I kind of thought that's what like this was going to be like a jerk a, is such a soft word moment to call yeah. someone a jerk is so gentle. I know. Well, he was on the red carpet. Yeah. So he's like, he wasn't expecting to be recorded at that time. And he honestly, like he must've known, or maybe he just had so much faith that no one was going to be recording this, that it wouldn't get out. Yeah. Do you think they have to like check their phones on set or anything? I don't know. I bet they are now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, although that looks worse, honestly. Yeah, After this true. gets out, then he's like, you're not allowed to have your devices. True. Has he made a statement or anything? No. No. And this will blow over. It's not a big deal. Nah. It's also pretty widely thought to be true that he hasn't seen his daughter Suri in like five years or more. Oh, yeah. What's she saying? I don't know that she's saying anything. And, she's I, like ima and I imagine her mother instructs her, don't ever say anything. We are mm. incredibly lucky to have gotten out of that organization. Now, watching The Creek, is it super weird to be like, this lady went on to yeah. be with Tom Cruise? I think I've told you, they have occasionally referenced Tom Cruise in the show, yeah, just as like right. a very famous person. Right, okay. And uh, yeah, I've often thought of like, like watching the foursome that is the main cast of like the core four of Dawson's Creek. Like these two young actresses, have way way more success than these two young actors oh like in, leagues more insanely yeah. more is there any uh surprising guest stars that you've seen on the show that you're like oh my god they make it so big uh no i do know that a seth rogan episode is coming up oh really that'll be interesting huh there's a couple episodes with jonathan lipnicki speaking of tom cruise this is uh the jerry Maguire kid the human head weighs eight pounds oh okay he plays like a big brother's big sister's kid that pacey is mentoring great um what season are you in right now? Like mid four of, out of, of six. Of six. We've kind of okay. been on a bit of a, a Dawson's pause because we've been watching more Christmas movies. God, I would have thought there months. were like 10, ep 10 seasons of Dawson's Creek. There's six, but they're like 28 episode seasons. Right. I think we might have had this conversation. I'm sorry if I'm treading on old ground too because that just always catches the I'd, I'll surprise. talk about it all day, but okay. I, I worry that the listeners are like, okay, we get it. You're watching oh, Dawson's you're into Creek. You're Creek. <laughs> Too deep in the creek. You do talk about the creek so much. Yeah. There was an episode with Julie Bowen where she plays Dawson's aunt. Okay. She's like the cool aunt. That's respectable. I mean, that's a very famous and successful person. I realize I I just realized I'm not wearing my ring right now, and it's really thrown me for a loop. I I worked out before coming over. Yeah. And then I I usually fiddle with it while I talk. And, and do you take your ring off when you when you do weights or whatever? Is that I what do. It is? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. smart. It can bend, and you can also get ring avulsion. Yeah, I, I think my ring's too big for that to ever happen. Okay. But, th yeah, that would also suck. Very much. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do. I never take... I just have a class ring, but it, it really never comes off. It yeah. ought to. Yeah. Right. Um, Any other stuff on... Sure. I mean, uh, The Mandalorian uh, Season 3 premiere Christmas Day 2021. That's kind of exciting. Oh, man. And this was the penultimate episode this past Friday. One so more we got Mando. one more and that's, right. that's two days from now. I, I almost want to watch all this season over again. I've loved this season. I've watched it all twice already. Cause I watch yeah. it. I do a double watch for the star Wars podcast. It has been such a good season. It's so solid. Yeah. The whole like pirate takeover scene. What I, I got to put it as like maybe the most impressive star Wars scene I've seen so far. Yeah. It was, it was so action packed. And so like, I mean, they've, they've just achieved something so cinematic with this show. And I mean, I guess like if anybody can do that, it's Disney. But I was saying this week on the other pod, it, it's interesting that the first season of, of The Mandalorian was so thematically a Western, like they wanted to establish that it was like a gunslinger show. Yeah. And they had a little bit of that when we brought in Oli Oliphant at the start of this season. Mm -hmm. But this season has committed a lot of time to also making this show a samurai movie. Yeah. Good point. Uh, and then in this episode in particular, it kind of felt like a Vietnam War movie. Right. Well, and at the end, it almost seems a little bit 
uh, like Kill Bill when it's like taken. I know where you are, and I'm going to find you. And I'm. But do you think he kind of like tossed away the element of surprise by sending in that transmission? One hundred percent. I was. Did you listen to the watch? Yes, I did. Where they? Yeah, yeah they. I was like, that's such a good point. Yeah. Why are you saying I know where you are? And I'm coming for you. It's like you could have been standing over that guy's body saying this, right? And you probably should have done that. It's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be a good final. Yes, we we talked about all the new Star Wars news, but there were lots of other things at the Disney Investors Call that we didn't get to touch on on last week's podcast. Uh, one of them is Lightyear, the Chris Evans Buzz Lightyear origin story. Right, this which is, is crazy. It's fascinatingly meta. It, it's like. Disney has become so obsessed with the inside outing of IP of like creating like a, a greater universe for every little thing. So the idea is that in the Toy Story universe where like Andy is a person, yeah, there is an iconic figure named Buzz Lightyear on which his action figure Buzz Lightyear is based. And what I don't think we know is whether or not he's like a, a Neil Armstrong type American hero or if he's a movie character and his Buzz Lightyear toy is... Uh, merchandise right i think the latter because of like the evil emperor zerg and star command and all of this like lore surrounding him right but i guess we'll find out in the new pixar movie lightyear in which chris evans plays the original buzz lightyear now what if what if it's it's a book that is told to tell a history like a sort of galaxy uh far far away a long time ago kind of vibe and he's playing the fictional character that's actually real that people don't know about. Like, do you think they would ever go that deep? And it's like, oh my God, this is actually like a Star Wars movie. I do think that could happen. I mean, there was a That'd there was a, wild. a Disney animated series when we were kids called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Okay. And it came out in between movies two and three. They were okay. like trying to like broaden these characters. And it was basically Buzz Lightyear as a real uh, action hero like mm -hmm. a real like space ranger right and all of the little green men and um i guess probably zerg mm -hmm. so maybe it's just going to be a more um pixarified version of that do you think tim allen's butthurt about this at all is he like probably uh, a little bit i could have been well what's guy. what's funny to me is like you know when you when you buy a kid a toy mm -hmm. and it's like a Moana toy or something, and it's clearly not the actress who voiced Moana, or right. like, or like like Ray or something, and you're like, well, that sounds a little bit like Ray, but mm. it's not Ray. What this does is retroactively make 25 years of Tim Allen playing Buzz Lightyear um, the backup, like the cheaper version of Chris Evans's real voice. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll do an overdub with Chris Evans after the fact. They might do that. Did it with Boba Fett. Oh, interesting. But that was that was uh, uh, your boy being careless with with his own IP. Tom Hanks, George Lucas. Oh, George Lucas. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess so. In yeah. the sense that he was like, "Let's CGI everything." Sure, and there are some things that are are, are disappointing. But like, isn't it better considering that Boba Fett is this actor? That yeah. they were able to put his voice behind this. Like, it's not like they had to like it, do any CGI. It's just a, right. a voiceover. It's cool. Yeah. It's definitely cool. So Lightyear's kind of interesting. I mean, I like it better than Toy Story 4. Right. Obviously, I did But that's have... not a hard, hard uh, you know, thing to surpass for you. Not for me. You know what's interesting? Do you know at all about Letterbox? No. So Letterbox, I'll warn you, is pretty, like, 
douchey. Okay. It's basically like movie Reddit, but it's just its own forum. Okay. It's it's kind of like a social network where you just get to be like a movie critic without any credentials and you get to have like shitty opinions and stuff. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I made a letterbox um profile and okay. it like there's like a huge checklist. You basically check every movie you've ever seen. Oh my god. I, I've logged like eight hundred movies. What? And then you give them ratings out of like five stars. And you can sort by like the movies you disliked. And then you can read other people's reviews. So as you see movies, you can write little reviews and they become public. And so I did go to Toy Story 4 the other day. Yeah. And sorted by worst to best. And I just read a bunch of people validating my feelings. Right. Other people saying all the stuff that I know to be true about what makes that movie a problem. Yep. And soon you're going to find out that everyone else is the clones and you guys are the real <laughs> the real humans that yeah. figured it out that could be so i think that's so. right i'm not in the matrix so they're doing a a fantastic four yeah yeah and kevin feige is like behind this so it's finally in the mcu right i'm interested in this i'm interested okay. to see if they get it right i think they finally will like they have to eventually i think they'll get it right but if they don't mm -hmm. considering Marvel's track record of, of not really having any stinkers, very few. Like mm -hmm. some are kind of dull, but there are no genuinely bad movies. Right. Not none, but very few. No, certainly not in a long time. Um, if this sunk like a rock, that would really be some confirmation that Fantastic Four is a pretty cursed entity, isn't it? It would be. And do you think in general that we get to a point with Disney Plus that we get major Star Wars slash Marvel fatigue? Yes. Like, oh, yes. Like, do, I mean, you, do you think we all just go, oh, my God, we're over it? Like, well, I mean, that's how I felt about Marvel for a couple of years. And Endgame is the exception. Like, Endgame right. is really great. And it felt so definitive that I was ready to retire from Marvel movies. But mm -hmm. here's why I think they're actually being smart marketers. We've talked about their live actioning of the Spider-Verse. Right. Like, now you've got my attention again. Mm -hmm. And they used someone as broad and gripping as Spider-Man to hold my attention right it's not enough for them to be like ah oh, but you should see what we got cooking up with dr strange mm. or or uh uh the winter soldier and falcon or whatever like right. yeah i like those guys as supporting characters but you're gonna need to pull spider-man totally to get my attention to hold on longer now star wars i've got a lot of endurance for star wars maybe yes. maybe someday i'll be like you guys need to take a decade off but that's not gonna happen soon but for a lot of people it will mm -hmm. uh yeah, what your your Ahsoka Tano's and your Rangers of the New Republic, you don't think that either of those will be missteps in... Oh, I disagree. I think I, I, I do think that's there will be missteps. You can't announce yeah. uh, okay. 15 new things and, and have a perfect track record. Right. No, no, they'll have some things that don't work. That are kind of the, yeah. the solos of the... Which, even solo is fun. Solo is kind fun. of fun. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of fun. It's, it's just an incredibly unnecessary film. Right. Um, and frankly... A Lando Calrissian show is an unnecessary show. Yes, it, it's it doesn't. There's nothing wanting from the Lando legend. No, great um, get though. It would be a great get. And Atlanta coming out with seasons three and four in 2021. Two seasons in a year. Two seasons in a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been two years since the last season of Atlanta came out. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's true. I'm not sure I ever finished the second season. Oh, God. I think I watched Teddy Perkins so and then good. I got creeped out and I didn't uh, know. No. I feel like you'd really love it. There's another one that's equally creepy about the guy who's like following through him through the woods or something. Yeah, but but did you watch the whole episode? It's all just kind of about his like his mom dying. I don't remember. Yeah. It was so long ago. He's. Um, I didn't live in this house when I watched that season. He's trying to get him to like move stuff or buy. Yeah, it's it's 
years ago now, but right. it uh, that was a great great season. Speaking of Disney, mm-hmm. did you fear that? Did you hear that Lizzie McGuire is officially dead? I did. I did. I wasn't super surprised by it. No, I'm not surprised at all. Because it was always kind of like a an on off. Is this going to happen? Well, they had a, like a, a, Hulu? a pretty dark turn, I right. think, where they Disney basically had an ultimatum. They're mm-hmm. like, you can continue, but no more Terry Minsky, who's the creator of the show, and she was the creator of the reboot. And they're yeah. like, well, who are we without Terry Minsky? And so the show kind of got shut down. And there was just a promise that they would kind of like recalibrate. And obviously that didn't work out. Now, there's a bit of a a movement among millennials who remember Lizzie from the family channel or the Disney channel. Right. And it's kind of like hashtag let Lizzie say fuck. Like the the premise appears to be they're trying to juvenilize Lizzie McGuire. So to reach the same demographic as before, rather than retain the one they already have. Right. Um, And I mean, I don't need Lizzie to say fuck, but like the, the rumor, and I don't know if this is substantiated, but the rumor is that basically the, the show the genesis of the of the reboot is that Lizzie finds uh, an earring she doesn't recognize in her boyfriend or her husband's like sheets or something. Right. And so like it kind of starts anew with Lizzie's a single mom. And she's like, Earl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and that's that's good. Like that sounds fine to me, but I think the very uh insinuation of sex was right. too much for Disney and like that's yeah. ridiculous. Right. Yeah, considering there's clearly sex in, in Disney movies. She has a child. She's got a child. Yeah. Um, but uh, the frozen head of Disney said no. That's right. Um, the Now, I only say this to say, to bring up a Conan point, but do you remember, so there's a new Walker, Texas Ranger show. It's called oh. like Walker. I think it's going to be on the CW. Not really interested in that, but no. it reminded me that Conan O'Brien used to have the Walker, Texas Ranger lever. Were you around for that? No. Where he would just randomly turn around and it would play a, uh, a clip of Walker, Texas Ranger. And it would always be so ridiculous and so hilarious. And it would just play the clip out of context okay. and then go back to Conan for his reaction. And this was like when he was Richterless. It was early 2000s. Right. Um, but that's, it was, that's really funny. It was so amazing. I found a clip on Reddit and it made me just go down a rabbit hole looking at all his reactions to old. And it was like you know, dream sequences of Walker being like, I love you so much and like kissing a girl and then just getting shot in the back and it pausing, like freeze framing when he gets <laughs> shot in the back. And then Conan's hands are just on his head like, whoa, what? <laughs> no, what a time Yeah, but to it's, shoot him. It's Chuck Norris, so he's going to survive that no problem. 100%. So it's just him being a tough guy. and Him being a tough guy. And then like the funniest thing is in that first scene when they first introduce it, it's because uh, NBC ends up getting the rights to Walker, Texas Ranger. So right. he can finally show the clips on. So to celebrate, they've got this Walker, Texas Ranger lever. And uh, he's like, the scariest ones are when Walker, Texas Ranger isn't there at all. There's just <laughs> a villain and like he's holding power and no one knows what's going to happen or is Walker, Texas Ranger going to go. I'm a little surprised that Walker, Texas Ranger hasn't been rebooted for network TV already because it, it feels like them redoing Hawaii Five O, which was quite a while ago now, or MacGyver yeah. or Lethal Weapon. Right. Or, I mean, this is not a, a reusage of an IP, but like the Chicago Fire shows, like these these shows that you and I never discuss, right? but are secretly the most watched things on the planet. Station 19. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um. I kind of glossed over, I should have brought this up in tandem with the Lizzie McGuire thing, but rough week for early 2000s Disney stars. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the Even Stevens movie. Probably not going to get made anytime soon. I don't think that was going to get made anyway. No. I'm supremely bummed about this. A lot of artistry there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you were like, you were kind of telling me on Friday, he didn't really step down on it. He oh, kind of no. said like, yeah, you know, I've abused a lot of people. I've abused myself. I've abused everyone. And I'm super sorry. And I can't speak to this from any kind of experience or, or authority whatsoever. But I, I, I think it, it seems to me pretty clinical mm-hmm. that, somebody who has this history of being abusive towards people, whether it's emotionally or physically or, or whatever, um, always loops themselves in, right? In their yeah. in their half apology, I oh, right. but I abuse myself too. Right. Like that sounds like kind of a narcissistic hey, way I've of gone like, coming. through tough times. Yeah. Yeah, or like Kevin Spacey being like, yeah, but like, I mean, it's been hard to be me, right? Because right. I've been living as a gay man or whatever. Like right. insane excuse he had. Boy, that was a lifetime ago too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise to anyone that Shia LaBeouf has... Uh, a lot of demons. Um, I th- I think maybe for a year and a half there, we started to think like, well, maybe he's kind of got them under control and he's just like a quirky guy and he's like a good artist. Right. And so maybe if he has a tough day here and there, we can understand. But like, no, no, not if not if he's bringing people pain. No, no, no. I think no. that. Although it, w- it was revealed to us in her support of, uh, of, of I, I forgive me, I, I forget her name, who um, who is suing Shia. What's her name? I'm not sure. Twigs is that what her last name? Oh, is? FKA Twigs yeah. is she the one who who's actually doing? Yeah, FKA okay. Twigs. Yeah, so she's 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 his former partner who has actually filed this lawsuit. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> Sia comes out in support of her, and this is when we learn for the first time that she also was involved with Shia for a while. And suddenly we find out that Sia and Shia, whose names are the same, <laughs> were a couple. <laughs> that is insane. I didn't yeah. know this part. Nobody knew that part. Oh my! And God. she's like, oh yeah, he's he's a very troubled person. She didn't give a lot of specifics. Wow. Yeah. Holy hell. Mm. That is earth shattering for me. I mean, look, I'm never going to watch it again. And I don't know if I recommend other people watch it after this comes out. But Honey Boy is a troubling movie about Mm. a person who was never going to turn out okay. Sure. Like there's no happy ending for Honey Boy. Right. Troubled life. Um, And and I'm not saying I sympathize with him uh, because obviously this is not a good situation. But it is disappointing because like you said, like 2001 Disney Channel, that was like totally that was for me kids going places yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly right yep mm-hmm. um john mulaney and andy samberg gonna star in a chippendale rescue rangers movie that's we can just keep moving from that uh, i did not know this is it <laughs> animated or otherwise i don't know okay. I, the ducktales got canceled so they're just moving on to the next thing gotcha uh lily james and sebastian stan gonna play pamela anderson and tommy lee in the sex tape movie Yo, what is this so it's like the story of the scandal of their Sex no, tape. no, no, no. I'm not asking what it is as much as I'm asking what is this? <laughs> like what like who who decided that this was necessary? And look, we love uh, an E true Hollywood story. I'm just surprised that both of them agreed to this. She seems, seems so much higher caliber than this. Yeah. So and I mean to a certain extent Sebastian stands a Marvel star like yep. he, he's it's not like he's starving for a paycheck. Does he think that this is a possible Oscar nod for him? Look, it might be pedigree. Yeah. yeah. Like, it might okay. be, like, we don't know what the studio is. I think Seth Rogen's involved in this movie, too. Like, it might oh, be, like, a good script, you know? Like, you know what? Maybe I'll look back a year from now and go, whoa. But and I thought the Pamela and Tommy movie was going to be bad. It's about um, the the scandal in which their sex tape gets leaked to the press. Right. And so how it kind of, like, unravels their their 
their their otherwise pristine uh, well fated marriage. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it just seems like odd casting. Like I guess I can see him, although he's going to have to do something I've never seen him do before to be Tommy Lee. <laughs> right. And same with Lily James, who's cute as a button. Yeah. And like, obviously Pamela Anderson in 1998 or whenever it was was great looking, but like. Yeah. It just it just doesn't seem right. And some people pointed out that like the dirt wasn't a good movie. Yeah. But Machine Gun Machine Kelly, Gun Kelly was done pretty it. good. I was gonna and, ask. That. And maybe we just expand on the dirt universe. The dirt <laughs> The Dirtiverse. The Dirtiverse. The Dirtiverse. <laughs> and uh and bring them back. I mean, I would be open to that. Sure. I watched the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, we all did. <laughs> yeah. I watched it alone. <laughs> Becky was like out with her friends and I'm like, I'm gonna watch the dirt. Dirt's going on. Sat there for the whole thing. Yeah. It's not great. Like we probably will for this movie. Depending on where it ends up. Yeah. 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 If it's just a straight to Hulu thing, we're not gonna see it. But that's like quite a range from Pamela Anderson to Mamma Mia Two, here we go again. Right. <laughs> Or yesterday, for that matter. She's actually kind of like stocking up a lot of street cred with like classic rock fans in those in that trifecta. <laughs> You're right. And she's, yeah, true. Um, and uh, here's a weird one. And I only wrote this down just as more of like a broad question for television in the future. Jason Biggs. Did you hear about this? He's going to be hosting. <laughs> no. He's going to be hosting. No, I haven't heard that name in a while. He's hosting a show called Cherry's Wild. And it's going to be a pop culture trivia show, which we're not against. We both jump at the opportunity to be a uh, a host of a TV show uh, about pop pop culture. Right. Especially. Or a Zoom chat, as the case may be. Or a Zoom chat, as the case may be. Uh, but this one is put on by Fox and Pepsi. What? So we straight up have like a presenting sponsor, <laughs> a presenting corporate sponsor on a TV show. So we're going back to kind of like the 60s. Wait, is it trivia? Yeah, I believe so. But they're going to sportsify it. They're kind of sportsifying it. It it's like <clears throat> it's called Cherry's Wild, so there's like a slots element to it. Oh. So I think for every like question that you get right, you have a higher probability of like you know, getting a I don't know if it's going to be like a, a reintroduction of Cherry Pepsi or something. I imagine there's oh, there's maybe. something there with but it's the got Cherry's like a, Wild. It's got a gambling motif. 100%. Yeah. Well, that is some high bar content. I think that so is, too. That is a highbrow from Jason Biggs. From Jason Biggs. Hmm. This is the guy who left Orange is the New Black. Granted, maybe at the right time. It's true. Um, Fiona Apple sings the song, <laughs> sings the theme song on Orange is the New Black, right? No. Um, Who's no, that? It's uh, Regina Spector sings the. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well. But apropos of our Fiona Apple conversation, mm -hmm. uh, let me just say to put this to rest, Evermore, the Taylor Swift album, yep. is just okay. Oh, it, you didn't like it that much. No, it's not as good as, it's not as good as Folklore. It's not as good as Lover. It's not as good as 1989 or 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 Red. I guess I like it better than Reputation, which, you know, basic opinion of a Taylor Swift fan is that that's not her best work. Interesting. This album's fine. It's got some good songs on it. It's just kind of boring. It's kind of sleepy. Yeah. I listened to like the first two songs and I was like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be one of Taylor's, I think. Did you hear Nobody, No Crime? Because that's kind of the juicy one. No. It's the one she does with Haim. So okay. I recommend that. And, and and the easy take everybody had the next day and it trended on Twitter was, this is like a cooler um, goodbye Earl. Right. It's like a... Which I referenced yeah, <laughs> earlier without context. Comes up a lot. By the way, I heard Goodbye Earl about six months ago for the first time in years. It's kind of a great song. There's a damn. Yeah, it is. It's not just like, it, like the lyrics are good in that song. The lyrics are good in Nobody, No Crime, too. It's a similar kind of 
little spooky murder mystery story. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. But the album itself is eh, whatever. Um, I think, I think that's pretty much all I had. Okay. Uh, other than that, I just wanted to throw this out there that best movie of 2020. What did you think the best movie of 2020 was? Um, see, my Sorkin brain wants me to say Chicago seven, mm-hmm. but I think the most fun I've had watching a new movie this year was Palm Springs. 100% Palm, yeah. Palm Springs is my answer. Yeah. I, do we think it's going to be nominated for an Oscar? Because this is a weirder year than ever before. Mm-hmm. It never would in a normal year, but it's like everybody loved that movie. Maybe, Genuinely interesting premise. Maybe definitely a golden globe. Oh, yeah. is that a maybe? Definitely I can, I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I just struggle to think of like a lot of movies that came out this year. Obviously, a lot of them on, on streaming. You know, it was kind of just forgettable, ultimately. Although it was good is King of Staten Island. Like, True. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, good Bill Burr. And by the way, he was great in Mandalorian this week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like nobody talks about that long term. I don't know if there's like a great quote from the King of Staten Island, which people are going to be memeing in 10 years. Yeah, you're right. People are going to be memeing the fact that there's no good quote. No, but you know how like every now and then somebody still says um, Yamo blown my blow my brains out right. if I have to hear this sure. song one more time. Like right. so, like I don't think there's one. <laughs> it was a weird example. To that was such a weird example, <laughs> but I'm so impressed. Um, or or something from Superbad, which is more sure um, accessible. Right, which I quoted the other day with the right. backstretch comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In what company did you did you deliver that one? Uh, you and Kate. Oh, okay. In the studio. Really, I didn't hear that. See, see, Jules, the thing about my back is it's located on my cock. Is that what you said? (laughs) Well, it was like, no, you said like I scratched my back. You like, I don't know. Right. Whatever. Someone teed it up and I finished off the rest of the quote. Obviously, I'm desensitized to your. Yeah, I think everyone was. Your profanity. It it, it got kind of a laugh. My point is King of Staten Island doesn't have one of these. Maybe it will in the rewatch. I think it might in the rewatch. Yeah. Um, okay, I got nothing else if you want to talk about movies. We're going to talk about films. The show, show, movie, movie. Okay, show, show. Well, we're not filming the thing, but uh, mm. it's a movie in your mind. Right. Imagine two of us sitting here, two pals, mm-hmm. chatting about movies. Smoking cigars as we typically do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Class of Wearing our, our velvet jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first? Should I go first? Does it matter to you? Uh, oh, sorry. That's my cha-cha music saying oh, that right. I have low blood sugar. Okay. Um, you were just chewing gummies or something. Well, yeah, I know. I, it was only one. So why don't you go first so I can chew another gummy? Okay. I wish I had kind of like given myself to a little opportunity to think ahead about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, previously, when we've done this, um, we did uh, 45 seconds for the, for the movie. Did we do 45 seconds does, not a minute? Does that okay. make sense to you? Yeah, 45 seconds is totally I, fair. I really wish that I had kind of rehearsed this because there is a whole lot going on in this two and a half hour movie called Goodfellas. But, You're right. But I, I guess I'll just uh, do my best. Put me, put me on a 45 second clock and uh, I'll see what I can do. All right, we're going to start you off in three, two, one. Ever since Henry Hill could remember, he wanted to be a gangster. So we start out when he's like a kid and he kind of gets welcomed into the fold of this like uh, gang community. He gets a little bit older. He's always kind of like the young buck among the crowd, but he's uh, we got Robert De Niro there and we got we got Joe Pesci there and he's a crazy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is he funny? And then there's a lot of drugs and he's uh, Henry is married. Um, and she's not really on to him for quite a long time, but then she is, uh, and good craps, Laney. The problem is there's not a lot of story in this excellent film. Um, and, uh, ultimately in the end, he gets put in witness protection because, uh, if you live long enough, 
uh, you'll turn out to be just a, uh, a putz like everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Something like that, I guess. Uh, everybody else dies, pretty much. Yeah, I think... So what is the inciting incident that makes Henry Hill have to go to Witness Protection Program? They kind of just realize that he's getting turned against because it's not specifically because he's like involved in it's just like strategically it makes more sense to get rid of him is that well and he can be an informant so he right. operates as an informant for like years and years mm -hmm. and he's able to do that because everybody other than uh is it jimmy uh de niro plays jimmy yeah other than him he goes to prison right and uh and tommy's dead so mm -hmm. like it, he's not gonna get um uh what's the word when the mob kills you I don't know. He's not going to get whacked. Wow. Be okay, sure. He's yeah. not going to get whacked because like everyone else that he ever w like that he might actually have known mm -hmm. is is he's outlasted all of them. Sorry, um, I thought there was a more <clears throat> clinical term you were looking for. <laughs> What's the word when the mob kills you? <laughs> yeah. It's when you get whacked. whacked. Okay. <laughs> um and and so and I mean that by the way, like it it is decidedly, very decisively not uh like a singular narrative it is a slice of life movie and mm. and that brings me to my greatest observation about this and i think this is kind of the heart of our conversation about this movie um i'm somebody who's seen a lot of scorsese movies now and very strangely the most recent one and the last one i've seen is goodfellas right which is crazy which is the quintessential <clears throat> of course now i haven't seen raging bull and maybe that's next and i haven't seen casino and i have mm. curiosities about casino having seen goodfellas now because what i have seen is the wolf of wall street and the irishman can I tell you something? Okay. Casino lets me down hard every time. Interesting. I just can't get, I can't but get is, into it in the same way. Is Casino another story, another epic story about the long life of somebody in this racket with lots of good classic rock needle drops and lots yep. of people getting shot in the forehead? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Crazy cocaine wife. Right, like, so that's 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 my main point here. It hits the it hits. The is strips. that there are beats yeah, to these movies? I don't, I don't mean Scorsese movies. I mean these specific mob movies. Yes. And having seen Wolf of Wall Street and The Irishman, it really feels like this is a trilogy mm -hmm. again, decisively. Um, what's strange is to go back and watch the movie that came out thirty years ago, and realize then that The Irishman, which I watched last year, was lampooning itself. It was remaking Goodfellas on purpose. Yeah. So you knew that when we talked about it. Yes. And everyone else knew that when they talked about it. Right. And I was just like, hey, this is a great movie. Yeah. Now I'll say, um, Goodfellas is really funny. Yep. Um, Wolf of Wall Wait, Street. Who are you? Who are you calling funny? <laughs> it's oh, that's so good. <laughs> Apparently, based on a real moment that happened to Joe Pesci. I know. Okay. Yeah. I have some facts that I was going to run through, but we'll we'll continue getting your thoughts on the movie. It is a funny movie. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street is funnier. Yes. Um. Goodfellas has a similar ending to to the Irishman in that he lived long enough to be just a, a, a plain old fuck that he never wanted to be. Yeah. But the Irishman has a sadder ending and a and a, a much deeper ending yes. about what it means to be alive and right. how long life is. Yeah. So in a way, even though Goodfellas is the masterpiece that defined a new genre for this master filmmaker. I, I really struggle to prefer it to these other two phenomenal movies that have moved me. Mm -hmm. And that is just a virtue of my chronology. Right. It's, it's yeah, right. That's all it is. I think that might be it too. Um, I saw Goodfellas 
I think before Wolf of Wall Street and The Irishman. So I think I saw them in order. Do you agree Wolf of Wall Street 2 fits in the, into this category? Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, people aren't getting capped off in that movie, but it's the same mob style. No, like it's like the same kind of debauchery. And can you believe how these people live? It's like the year was 1966. Exactly. And my whole city was on fire. Right. Or you know, my name is Jordan Belfort. Yeah. And that yeah. really pissed me off. Right. So, um, and also, I mean, the same cast, specifically the Irishman, it's like decidedly the same people. Yeah. Pacino's not in this movie, but like Jimmy Hoffa getting killed in the Irishman is the same as Tommy getting killed in Goodfellas. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, and, and it might even be the same house. <laughs> like it look, it, it, they did it on purpose. It's an homage. And it was, it was distracting, but also quite charming to me mm-hmm. because I know they're doing it on purpose. It's, it's not like you know, a band that can only write one song. Right. I, I know that much, but I've just never seen this before. I've never seen a guy like invent a style and then use it and always use it well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you, you like this one also less? Sure. Because but, of the but, chronology? Sure. I, I, I can clearly see that this is a great film. Yeah. But I feel less keen to watch it again than I do the other two. The oh, other, that's, like, that's interesting. Like I, I cried from the Irishman. And yeah. I laugh my ass off in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And I, I would watch Goodfellas again for a, for a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just didn't move me quite as much. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just need more time with it. And I think there might be something, too, about uh, the time when we saw Wolf of Wall Street. And it's a little more up our alley because it's kind of just also in our timeline. That's sort of true. Also, it's just easier to get yourself in the shoe. Even though he's a despicable person, it's easier to imagine yourself as somebody who wants a lot of money than someone who wants to kill everybody. That's true. That's true. But money did kind of drive... Well, power, I guess, drove more yep. what was happening in Goodfellas than money. Yeah. Power and respect. Which is... I guess that's the main thing that differs Jordan Belfort from Henry Hill. He didn't need mm-hmm. to be a top dog, necessarily. He wanted to be part of the family. Right. Yeah, and you think Jordan Belfort did want to be top dog? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Didn't he? Isn't that why he did everything he did, was to be the richest and the best? I suppose so. Sense of competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess there was no, there was just never a finish line for him. I will say, and this can't be a fresh take either, but um, it really feels like Scorsese traded Ray Liotta in for Leo DiCaprio. He, he got the new model. Yeah, because we saw 100%. we saw a lot less of Ray Liotta after the '90s, and like if that movie, if Goodfellas gets made a few years later, that's Leo's part. Yeah, you're yeah, you're likely right. When did what year was it that it was made? Do you remember? 1990s when it came out. It was the 30th anniversary this okay. year. Yeah, great. Well, great year to do it then. I think so. Um, did you know that uh, uh, Joe Pesci actually told a mobster he was funny? We, you did touch on that. I did. That yeah. He told one. a mobster he was funny, which just creates this. I think that buries the lead because now I'm like, why is Joe Pesci hanging out with he mobsters? Was, he just knew mobsters? Well, I mean, he, there when is, he was young. There is something deeply authentic about Joe Pesci, isn't there? There is. And I think there yeah. is uh, as well with, with Scorsese and uh, possibly De Niro too. What's crazy is that Joe Pesci, who won an Academy Award for this movie, by the way, mm-hmm. while Home Alone was in theaters. Right. Like there He's is having a moment. There is no higher peak for a, for a, and like such different things. Right. And he's such a like private guy. Like he's not doing, he did the Irishman, which everyone was amazed by. 
just because he understood the artistry of doing that movie after having done Goodfellas, it's right. like a responsibility to do it. But yeah. he doesn't just do anything. No. Although he did do a, like a, a Google Home commercial with Macaulay Culkin last year. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I guess really quickly. That yeah. was a paycheck thing. Right. <laughs> uh, do you know who the first two choices of uh, Henry and Karen Hill were? I think I did read. Um, I think Sean Penn was considered for, for Henry Hill at one point. Okay. But that's not what you're going for. I think it was Tom Cruise and Madonna was one Whoa. of the things that I've read. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to see that movie. Yeah. See, he's younger than Ray Liotta. Definitely. But, but also, I think Henry Hill is younger. Like, the character he's playing at times is like, you're not 21. No. You know what I mean? No. And Henry Hill, <laughs> if you saw the... Yeah, by the time he went away, he's like... He's so, like, old and he, he looks way less handsome it was very much a a uh a holly like he looks like a bald like if that movie was really um bob odenkirk would probably be like a better choice for i forgot that it was based on a true story like they tell you at the beginning and then the movie is there's like two minutes left in the movie yeah and i'm like oh hang on a second this is not made up so did you know when the movie got released henry hill was like so proud about it he he like basically told everyone that he was henry hill and got removed from witness protection i wondered about that because it it struck me as odd that he could be henry hill publicly if he was in witness protection and that's very dangerous for him to do that but i guess like he wasn't in any trouble because he hadn't no i think i think he lived the remainder of his days being like i'm the guy I do know that he felt um, kind of shortchanged by the movie because he made so much money illegitimately in his life. Right. That like he got paid like I don't know, a million bucks to be in like uh, right. uh, uh, a council or whatever for this movie and it was nothing to him. Did you know that the, the, US, <clears throat> uh, the U.S. attorney was the actual attorney in the witness protection scene? No. That actually like sat down with Henry Hill? Interesting. Yeah. The, he, he was uh, yeah, a U.S. attorney. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, other than that, it's just crazy that this world is real. It it is so crazy. Like, I it, mean, there's a couple of notable scenes. Okay, was that your uh, mouth clicking? That was, was me that? clicking. Oh, sorry. Okay, that's fine. I was just scared of, like something was going to explode or something. No. Uh, notably, the scene where they—I forget his name—but they murder the guy in the bar who's like an old friend of Joe Pesci's, and then that's the opening scene, as it turns out, the guy they got in the trunk. Right. That was crazy <laughs> right solid start it was i mean it, like it, that's that's one of the scenes that that demonstrates how crazy he is obviously he like just kicks his face until he's almost dead yeah but when he kills michael imperioli mm-hmm. like the like the kid waiter yeah. who was just like who called him funny no or that laughed. was that was different yeah no <clears throat> i think he gets his order wrong or something he's like they're like hanging out playing cards and michael imperioli who goes on to be in the sopranos yeah he gets his order wrong or he forgets his coffee order oh or something. right yeah joe yeah, pesci yeah. shoots him in the foot mm-hmm. next day he comes back with bandages on his foot and he tells him go fuck yourself or whatever right and then joe pesci just shoots him in the chest like five yes. times and just yeah. kills him right so that's crazy the other crazy kill is when they i kept calling him the my pillow guy the guy who's like the infomercial wig guy the toupee yes. guy when i think it's actually i thought this movie was going to be gruesome it's not it's a little bloody, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't hard for me to watch, except for when they stabbed that guy in the back of the head. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I should have done a rewatch of this movie in preparation, too. I know you did for Notting Hill. Yeah. But um, I feel like I've seen it so many times that I'm just good now. I watched it like last year, 
But yes, I don't specifically remember the stabbing in the back of the head being problematic for me. Well, I mean, like if, if I've learned anything from these movies, it's don't sit in the front seat. Don't let someone sit behind you. Yeah. In the car. Yeah. True. Especially with mob people. Right. They're going to put something around your neck or they're going to stab you in the back of the head. Yeah. That's always what happens. Take the backseat. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> uh, Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie and you almost never really get to see his face. Like we spent the whole time being like, is that Samuel L. Jackson? Then he gets killed and I had to look it up on IMDb. Wow. I don't think I knew that. <clears throat> yeah. Great Great fact. It is Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, like just a few years before he stars in Pulp Fiction, which is like what makes him famous. Mm -hmm. And that was the last movie you gave me. What did you think of the soundtrack in this movie versus the other? Because this is a very famous, like how it's scored and soundtracked. Yeah. I mean, a lot has been said about Scorsese having kind of basic classic rock needle drops, right? Right. Um, And I know like the Layla montage matters in Mm -hmm. movies or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, All along the watchtower, and I I, I don't know. Like, what about the, like "Can't You Hear Me Knocking"? I feel like that's such a good. Uh, is it "Can't You Hear Me Knocking" or is it "Monkey Man"? I don't know. Oh, now why? Well, I thought it was "Can't Can't You Hear Me Knocking." They're fine. It's yeah. all very good. I interestingly, uh, this movie is a sneaky Christmas movie. Yes, I was gonna ask if you thought it would uh, uh, go into the sneaky. I, I totally. remember there being Christmas themes surrounding it's it. It's just one scene, really. Yeah. There's a there's a Christmas scene, so that qualifies. Just a couple of Christmas songs in there. Darlene Love, right? Yeah, Frosty yeah. the Snowman, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, good food movie too. They like great food movie. They make an effort to like talk about specifically Henry like likes to cook. They're always yeah. talking about like what he was cooking, or Paulie is always mm-hmm. cooking something. You know, both of Scorsese's parents were in this movie. No, really. So the the uh, old guy in prison who always gets the sauce wrong from putting too many onions in it. Right. That's Scorsese's dad. <laughs> and Joe Pesci's mom in the movie is Martin Scorsese's mom, IRL. No way. Yeah. Joe Pesci's mom is good. She's really good. Or Tommy's she's, mom, I she's guess. She's fun. That's a funny scene. Yeah. Where he just like asks for the butcher knife yeah. and she's like, be safe now. Yeah. <laughs> I never understood what it meant to get made. Like the whole story about Tommy is that like it's it all built around like and he was he was going to become a made man and then it, they kill him. It's like you're you're a, a boss. It's like being fully patched in in a biker club. You're like you become one of the your your partner in the law firm. You just get more respect. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can't think of anything else I wanted to say. I wrote lots of stuff down and I think we've already hit on most of it. Um, what did you think of Karen as just a crazy? mafia wife wife i love her in it she's great right yeah yeah really great um yeah but i don't have a whole lot to say about it no okay um yeah it was good it was it was written by uh by um nicholas pelleggi who is nora efron's husband oh nora efron wrote when harry met sally so there's lots of overlaps in the two movies that we that we recommend each other amazing yeah anyway yeah it's just a classic rewatchable movie it is rewatchable. Yeah. It is, and I and I should. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I just need more time with it. It's it, funny because The Irishman to me is a movie that I probably won't watch again. Well, it's a slog. Yeah, and yeah. I, like maybe that's the biggest difference is that this movie is only two and a half hours, and that's short for a Scorsese movie, right? Um, or at least of this particular genre, this yeah. ilk. But I also think that The Irishman is four hours long because life is long. That's like that's almost a character in the film. It's length. Right. Did you watch with Drew? Uh, this one, Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah, I watched with Drew and Jade. What did, and Becky. what did they think? I think they liked it. Like it was, we, we it were all like, like a, "Whoa!" We okay. were all fully invested. Um, but but we kind of shared the sentiment that like 
the the flow of it is unusual like it doesn't have a natural cinematic arc like and that's fine but like the first act of it is quite long and then you realize well we're not really following any kind of act structure this is just like 30 years of them being in the mafia right i think that's, that's why it's an, hard to recap right it's another weird part of it too because yeah he's not really younger or growing older like he's not clearly older by the end of the movie no and it's maybe a little bit uh pedantic to nitpick that kind of thing because mm. if that if it was a play we would never question it the same actor would play him for 30 True. years yeah um and in a movie we just expect a little bit more and frankly the de-aging of the irishman which was like the main talking right talking point isn't that good and it's distracting a little bit i mean obviously like 75 year old robert nero can't play a 30 year old man <laughs> right Unless you Especially do something. Stomping out that man. But he still can't do it, even when they do it digitally. Like when yeah. he throws pistols into the lake, he looks like an 80 year old guy right. throwing pistols. Yeah. Yeah. That was my biggest nitpick. That's <laughs> going to be my letterbox review. Get a letterbox. Throw the throw the pistol. I just realized how much letterbox sounds like litterbox. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, did you say litterbox? I did. And yeah. I say that word more often, I guess. Get a letterbox and a litterbox if, if you need it. If not, just to keep count of how many movies I've seen. Of course I give my S to Goodfellas, though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's a must-watch. It's it's like one of those movies, frankly, where I'm like, yeah, I'm somebody who's seen Goodfellas. I feel, right. I feel good about myself. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a sense of accomplishment after watching it, not like I just wasted time. All right. Okay. Now, you mentioned to me yesterday that you had seen Notting Hill the night before. Yes. And maybe I'm just like still carrying a little bit of um, ambivalence over our Joni Mitchell conversation from last week. Oh, no. I... I I just, and you can tell me if I'm projecting, but I sensed like a bit of a smugness. So I, (laughs) so no, it's okay. I'm just, I'm ready to approach this as if like you have some kind of like negative feelings about this movie, which you're entitled to. Okay. But I have rewatched this movie as recently as yesterday. Okay. And I'm happy you did. Yeah. And I'm, and I feel very strongly about this movie. Okay, great. So you recap Notting Hill, Mm -hmm. 45 seconds, Okay. three, two, one. Okay, uh, Hugh Grant runs a bookstore and this fabulous actress somehow manages to come in in Notting Hill and it is uh, Julia Roberts herself. She uh, witnesses an exchange between uh, Hugh Grant and him being charmingly befuddled while uh, letting a a potential thief off the hook. Pick uh, it up. uh, Yeah, you're right. I'm in the first (laughs) scene. Anyways, so, okay, wait, you got to stop the clock. All right, I got to yeah. just, like, do this freehand a little bit. Okay. Um, so then uh, Julia Roberts ends up uh, having a conversation with Hugh Grant. Uh, they seem to kind of, like, be flirting a little bit in the book. He spills store. orange juice on her. He spills orange juice Invites on her. her back to his house to get cleaned up. Then they have kind of a moment. That's right, where she gives him nothing, and I felt so disdainful about this whole moment where she's just kind of half smiling and I'm like, why don't you say something, Julia Roberts? This is so annoying to me. She is often unfair to him in this movie. It is brutal. Yeah. Okay. So as a first time watcher, I picked up on that. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, she ends up calling him to, to his, his <laughs> idiot roommate ends up finally giving him a message that he finally ends up getting. That's like, oh, yeah, there's this American woman that says, uh, meet me at the plaza or whatever the hotel the Ritz. is. The Ritz. The yep. Ritz um, uh, at this time. And he goes and ends up, this is actually uh, a quite a funny scene where he says he's uh, uh, 
where he learns that it's actually like a press really or a, a press meeting for like a maybe that she's done a junket. Yeah. Um. So all of these uh, journalists are there, and he says he's from Horse and Hound magazine because he sees <laughs> one lying on the table, and he goes in and he starts to interview her, and they're actually kind of having a conversation about meeting again, but also he's trying to pass it off like it's an interview whenever the publicist is in the room at the same time. Um. They end up uh meeting again she goes to she goes to dinner with his whole family that's right that's she, a she crucial wants, point she wants to hang out with him and so he says i have my baby sister's birthday party so she comes as his date and it's who's, quite who's 10 years older than him yeah oh yeah you're <laughs> so right it's quite baffling that he has brought julia roberts right to this tiny little friend gathering and that was a really funny scene yeah. where everyone's kind of like whoa holy shit it's like julia roberts just going to dinner with oh you. Like, i love whoa, what I, I love hugh bonneville being like oh not a lot of money in being an actor right what you get made in what you get paid in your last movie and right. like 20 million dollars yeah. <laughs> and and that he knows her name when someone says it he's like oh my god what that yeah. was her but you can see that most... happening right you yes. can like it, totally seeing someone in a different context like wow this woman's beautiful she is familiar totally. but you might not put it together Right. Especially if you're not like a movie buff. Yeah. And then they have the the most alarming scene of all time when they have the who's the biggest sad sack competition. And it comes down to a woman in a wheelchair saying that she can't actually have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, why would you do this in front of the most famous person in the world? Right. And they give her a shot at it. And she somehow is supposed to try to make you seem like a little bit sympathetic to the plight of a super rich actress, which right. I, I suppose I see that. They, they don't let her have it, though. They don't let her have it. I like right. that. Yeah. I like that, that they didn't let her get away with it. Anyways, um, they hang out some more. It seems like they're maybe really going to have a connection. Then she invites him up to the hotel room, and that's when things go south because her boyfriend Alec has surprised Baldwin her. Is there. Alec Baldwin's there, and he's like a, a smug son of a bitch, and totally. he has, and uh, Thacker has to like play it off like he's nobody. Again. Right. And uh, so anyways, that's kind of that. She doesn't really apologize to him no she disappears she just disappears yeah. and then he's heartbroken but she shows up again after is that after the that's when there's the nude leak scandal right yeah um she comes and they start hanging out again and he's happy to bring her into his life and uh does kind of explain his feelings to her and she realizes i think that she loves him although spike at some point tells the media that they're staying there and uh this is the next time when she's incredibly unfair to where she's her. just like wh why i think your friend told the the media about yeah. this and it's like well yeah you're a superstar just maybe think about these things right um and she bails hard again uh and eventually he learns that she's shooting a movie again and he's the one that shows up and again she's like talking shit about him essentially yeah. on a movie set being yeah. like yeah it's kind of weird i don't actually know why he's here well she asks him to stick around she's like she's surprised to see him and she's like you should stick around there's stuff i want to tell you right and then he's given uh headphones to listen in right. while she's like kind of gossiping with her co-star right and yeah she kind of blows him off she's but really she just doesn't want to discuss it but you could totally see how thacker's feelings would be so hurt yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Yep. Uh, anyways, she eventually comes back to the library to say, "I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy telling him, Ask, asking, asking him to love her." So you're familiar with that line? I am. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was from Jerry Maguire. No, that's you had me at hello. You had me at hello. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyways, so he says no, which I was like, "Good on you, man." Yeah, he does. And then uh, his friends kind of convince her 
convince him while he's telling the story about the <laughs> he literally quotes what she says and they're like oh no you kind of do have to go after that's my favorite moment actually it's uh it's hugh bonneville's line again when he just boils it down to but she wanted to go out with you and he says yeah right. and he goes that's nice he says what do you mean he's like well it's nice when anybody wants to go right out with you. i love that yeah yeah that is i don't know like he's not a super sad like they make him out to be a, a huge like he's a real loser movie. yeah, yeah but no he's like you know rich and and you know seems kind of nice right he's the patriarch on downton abbey that's how he's oh, most famous okay for. yeah gotcha um and they uh go to the press conference where she's delivering her final junket where she says she's going to leave uh england and he kind of intervenes and says like would you reconsider would you stay longer with this thacker character and yeah. she says yes she would and they end up uh getting married and yep. <laughs> like cut to marriage well and they have and a park children, bench together and they have the park bench together and then Shania Twain plays. Or something. No, uh, it's Shania Twain. Really? It's like, you got away with where it's like sure, the yeah. credits roll. I was like, oh my God. So listen, in total fairness, uh-huh. I mean, it's it's well documented on this podcast that I like like sappy schmaltzy love. I made totally. you watch all of normal people. Right. Um, it did occur to me when I was rewatching this for the umpteenth time. Like I did saddle you with, with some hefty schmaltz. What I'll say is... Like I and I, it was a good story, yeah. And there were funny parts. And great, I, great fantasy. I mean, like what this is is just a reinterpretation of Prince Falls for a Common Girl. Totally, yes. And I, I appreciated that. I appreciated the characters. I thought it was pretty funny overall. Um, but just it, it is so quintessential pocket of kind of like cheesy rom com too. Like it hits like the score is so yeah. cheesy rom-com kind of I, I i think it kind of i i don't maybe but it might be a bit of a chicken and egg situation too because this is just ahead of the the renaissance of romantic comedies and so right. maybe it's actually setting some foundations that ultimately i think it become is parody i like, think i think that's what it like is like when you see somebody be funny right now or or, or be be hacky right now mm-hmm. uh in 2020 you're like oh well that's that's been done for years but when you see peter sellers do it it feels equally hacky even though he invented it yes 100 percent. i'm i'm not i'm not trying to take anything away from it in that way but i just it it's not timeless in that way well i mean no the movie is not timeless no no it it doesn't age that well actually um starting with i can't think of something that ages worse than a travel only bookstore yeah, a, a bricks and mortar store right. that only doesn't sell Grisham. Only sells travel books. <laughs> yeah, so that's insane. Um, and and just her brand of notoriety doesn't exist anymore. I mean, you can be you know Beatlemania right. famous, I guess, in well, your own in in whatever. But like, there's a whole conversation about like the news cycle and like tomorrow those newspapers will have been thrown out and then your nude scandal won't exist well, anymore. Even, and, even like, like the opening credits of of the, a song just being about uh, is it Elvis Costello, just being about like how lovely this this woman is. I don't know. I don't it's think like there's an Elvis Costello song in the it, soundtrack. It's a long ass like scene of like julia roberts just being on red carpets and taking oh yeah pictures and there's just fades of her maybe that it, is elvis it's costello a full song it's when they play it again at the end at it's the like, end yeah yeah you're right yeah and uh it's like except that's real footage of her being famous julia roberts right which which is fine but it's just like such an in-depth intro of this woman being famous 
Whereas I, yes, like I don't think anyone would sit through that. Well, it kind of makes you wonder. The attention economy is far lower than it it once was. Well, and maybe maybe this is a time where there's like fewer famous people, but how Mm. famous is she? Is she Diana famous? Because I think you have to be for people to really care if she's sleeping with some bloke on mm-hmm. on Notting Hill Street or whatever. Like sure. it really doesn't seem likely that they would care. That's not a story. But I think um, she's I think she's as famous as as Julia Roberts was at that time. Right. Which is, so would the movie be better if she uh, was Julia Roberts? Yeah, it actually like I I was just picturing her as Julia Roberts the whole time. Did you think that that's what they were gonna do? No, no, I knew it wasn't going to be like. I mean, like, because I definitely think herself. Richard Curtis wrote this movie because he loved Julia Roberts. You mentioned that. I'm sure yeah. that's what's happened here, yeah. um, and that's why he uses Hugh Grant so much because he's like he wants to be Hugh Grant. Right. <laughs> I thought she was fabulous. He's befuddled and less handsome. Right. Um. And uh, so yeah, maybe it would be better if Julia Roberts was playing a version of herself. Mm-hmm. I, that might be too meta for 1992 or whenever this movie right. came it's out. It's like Ocean's Twelve territory. Right. She did do a version of that. You're <laughs> yeah. right. Um, but then it's complicated because as we're saying, Anna Scott is quite self-absorbed at times. Yeah. And that's Julia Roberts admitting that she's self-absorbed, which maybe she'd be happy to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I was like, stop leading him on so much. And that I, I guess they, it all comes together at the end, but yeah, she's extremely unfair to him. You put it, you put it best. Namely, when she gets found out, she's like using his house to hide. Yeah. She's using him. Yeah. And she does and she's love like, him at easy that time. for you to say, you're the guy who gets to say that you slept yeah. with oh, me. I'll, I'll buy a boring <laughs> book on Egypt from the guy who slept with Anna Scott. Right. And he's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. He's like, can, can we slow down can for have, a second? Can we have breakfast, please? While you're insulting me, like, right. like I've never been insulted. The roommate, Spike is ridiculous he's the most repulsive human he's disgusting in movie history yeah 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 he is disgusting i don't understand is he in anything else his name is reese Ifens, Ifens, or something he was in like the amazing spider-man and like he's okay. like a he's like a british character actor right yeah and he's supposed to be like a guy who can't get his act together and i think they could have done that without being so over the top about it like he's wearing a scuba suit at some point well it almost like why can't he just live with hugh bonneville like yeah. why, why do we, can't we get rid of this character altogether? He's he's lonely too. He can marry uh, Hugh Grant's sister, who ultimately needs to end up with somebody, yes. so she can have her story resolved. Totally, we can cut a friend out of this group. Yeah, and and why would Hugh Grant ever agree to to being flatmates with like the worst person in the world? Yeah, exactly. I guess he's got some redeeming qualities, but you wouldn't know that at like. Uh... He doesn't really have redeeming qualities. He gives bad advice. He's he's very gross. I suppose he does, but he's got an overall kind uh, sensibility to him, right? Right. Yeah. When we find out he's an artist in like the last scene of the movie, she's <laughs> like, she's like, he's an artist with promising prospects. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to marry you. She announces. <laughs> by the way, it's you. <laughs> he's like, oh, it doesn't show them interact really in any way besides them both coming to the library or both coming to the bookstore at the same time. I never at really one point. thought about the the cliche beats it hits or whether or not they're cliches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think also it's a lesson in like uh, Martin Scorsese didn't invent the, the mob movie, but he did it really well. Right. Similarly, Richard Curtis didn't invent romantic comedies, but, and, and you know, he didn't even do it as well as Martin Scorsese makes mob movies, but right. like, but he did do it pretty well. Yeah. And he's had some stinkers, mm-hmm. but this is one of the most, 
pure romantic comedies. I think because it's pretty, pretty genuous. I'll say I found um, when Harry met Sally to be like a little more. I just found it so real, and it's very theatrical, and it's and it's whip funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I think for those reasons, I I found that, and it it's a over a longer time, and maybe it's because it's less fantastical. Right. That I enjoyed that a little bit more. Although, don't get me wrong, I sat through the whole thing here. I wasn't like bored at any point. I I was happy to get through it and happy I watched it. Like I also have that feeling of like, oh, I'm happy that I now get these references. Right. But I don't know. Do I give my ass? I don't think I do. Okay. Because I, yeah, I, I just don't feel that positively about it what is what is in your opinion then what is the great romantic comedy um that that's a deep question there's a lot of movies out there yeah i don't know what the right answer is there okay i think even like uh like forgetting sarah marshall really pops out to me no that's not a bad answer yeah yeah i i think that's the one that i'd go with for mainly because it like came out in my time um i get it i get the references there's kind of some twists to it too that is also about a sad sack every man who can't get out of his own way involving himself with a famous woman it's true it's yeah you're right so the, the maybe d- that movie doesn't happen without the difference is well maybe except for that i actually think Thacker is kind of a little bit more well-adjusted than than Pete in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's because of his backstory of having been married. It's just right. very like gently sprinkled into his character that he actually had a wife. Well, and also that he loved the woman in the wheelchair. That, Re- that yeah. to me was like a huge reveal. I love when movies do that. When, like, yeah. when it really illustrates that a writer has like spent time with these characters and whittled it down to yeah here. and to him they've it's all very... got their own backstories and then like well, he's like suddenly, oh, i can combine them suddenly that's very true and it's and it's very genuine two stories of like friendship circles that back long ago yeah they had a thing mm-hmm. and it mattered then but yeah. we're older now like that feels pretty sincere i said that to jed i was like doesn't that seem like a bombshell like a like a like bomb drop there it's totally the only moment it happens yeah. and then she razzes him she's like i never really liked you that much yeah yeah which i thought I honestly would have like rather lived in that for a little bit longer, right? Than her kind of play it off. Uh, Anna never calls him by name in the movie. Oh, interesting. She never names him. Okay. She calls him Flopsy once or twice. Right. Wow. I thought he was funny in it. Yeah, I mean, like, he's th- this he's, is kind of the quintessential Hugh Grant movie. You think? I I do. I think yeah. I think that when we That's why it's your number one. Yeah, I think that when we make. Hugh Grant jokes. It's based on this and uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, which yes. I like less, but right. it's also a Richard Curtis movie. And also Richard Curtis wrote Bridget Jones and he wrote Love Actually. Right. It was interesting to see, especially after, because he's so like kind of debonair in, uh, well, not debonair, but kind of smooth, at least in Love Actually, don't you think? Smooth is wrong, but debonair is right. Right. Because he's wearing a nice blue suit he's the got, whole time and yeah. he's the prime minister. Right. But no, he's not smooth. He's still got, yeah, he's still nervous yeah that's kind of the his storyline is about how he shouldn't be nervous around some girl who brings him right. cookies but like he is because right. love actually is all around 
Yeah, and at Christmas you tell the truth. And <laughs> I think I've I think I've shoehorned that into the last three podcasts. I love it. And uh, after watching The Undoing, it was also kind of an interesting, which I think started this whole conversation off. Yeah. Uh, interesting juxtaposition. He's very smooth in The Undoing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I live in a world where I haven't seen him be that befuddled because I haven't seen weird. I haven't seen that many Hugh Grant movies. So I've, I've seen all of the stuff that, uh, the Goodfellas is based on before I've seen Goodfellas and you've seen this like later version of Hugh Grant before the Hugh Grant, the world knows. Yes, pretty much. And love actually where he splits time amongst like eight characters. Yeah. I mean, love actually is like, a great watch because of you know it feels so good it right. feels like a warm it feels like warm soup belly right but like uh <laughs> i've never described something <laughs> like that in my life but it's true um warm but it's soup belly but it's not that great right i think for sure notting hill is a better it's a better made movie one of the things one of the criticisms that i heard of love actually recently that i absolutely loved was liam neeson's character working so hard to like well you you gotta get this eight-year-old <laughs> you, you have to win her heart you it's have really to it's really sweet but there's some holes in that story in it's particular. so strange because like, like, we're gonna drive to the airport so you can like well prevent her from going and by the way there's there's nothing that is more jarring in love actually than this weird shoehorned 9-11 reference in the beginning of the movie so it, like the movie oh. starts with hugh grant narrating even though there's not a narrator throughout the rest of the movie but right. he's just like uh I think love matters the most. As far as I know, when the two planes hit the two towers, none of the messages from people aboard the planes were messages of hate. They were messages of love. This is like a decidedly British comedy in 2003. <laughs> and then it ends with a breach of airport security. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's just like a very strange thing. You're right. That doesn't make sense. Although it's nice that he's just trying to make this kid happy. He's after, trying to connect with the af- son. After the kid's mother dies. Right. But it's not his son. It's like a, it's like you have to pay attention, but he is the stepfather to this oh, little child, right? Which is more confusing because how did he end up with custody of his stepson, right? Who he does not know that well, so maybe he wasn't married to this other woman for very long. When it is in fact canon that the kid's grandparents are alive because they show her at the funeral. Yeah, yeah. This, you're right. This movie shouldn't have been made. <laughs> It's also, he's like, Liam Neeson is, he's stressing to Emma Thompson that he can't figure out why this kid is so sad. This is before he knows that he's like yearning for the cute girl in school. Yeah. He's like, I I, I feel like he probably has a heroin addiction or something. Yeah. And you're like, no, his, his mom, mom died. mom died like two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> and he's That's very sad. Yeah. And he's a kid. Oh, but he God. grows up to be a chess prodigy, so it's all right. He does. Yeah. And tra- time travels. So maybe next time, next mm-hmm. year when I give you a movie. Mm-hmm. I'll try and veer from the genre a little bit. Sure, and I can do the same. But we'll have to find something that you haven't seen that I mm-hmm. I still care a lot about and, and you vice versa. Did I tell you that I watched Primal Fear? No. <laughs> I just randomly, well, I don't know why I went down like an Edward Norton rabbit hole and just said like, why don't we watch this? Or maybe I was just cruising through trailers on Amazon. Right. And I was like, Richard Gere, Edward Norton, the guy who played, I think it was Edward Norton's like first movie. He's like, 20 in it okay and uh what's it about it's about there's a murder of a priest and this guy is all bloodied up running away from them they arrest him and richard Gere is a high-powered defense attorney who's like literally he's like defending the worst of the worst too and some people are like how do you even live with yourself 
and the story kind of explains like listen everyone's got to write i don't really care i just try to like make sure that uh the innocent people go free it doesn't sound like it should be called primal fear that it's, sound, it's sounds a strange like, name for the movie it sounds honestly. like a james cameron sci-fi movie it is a strange name for a movie but that's what this movie is called. i recently watched she's all that which i've never seen before you haven't no what'd you think of it well I, i'm like i love clueless yeah so it kind of fits into that category So i've never seen clueless but i've seen she's all that like four times haven't we talked about this though didn't i didn't you see clueless not that long ago no i'm not gonna give you clueless for an assignment but Clueless is very good, and yeah. I think it's a lot better than She's All That. And I would, oh, really? Okay. I think yeah, She's All That was pretty I, fun. I can see She's All That not being as good as like 10 Things I Hate About You. Is that true? Definitely true. Okay. Yeah. Well, interestingly, um, also uh, feels like a big old cliche when it probably was early on in the establishment of some of these cliches. Right. Like this taking off the glasses makes you pretty. Thing. Totally. And apparently they're remaking She's All That. Yeah, but reversing the genders. Right. Yeah. Which is dumb and unnecessary. It's really dumb. I mean, it's just very like, there's a lot of hugely famous people and she's all that. Usher is in she's all that. Yeah. He's just like the friend. Dulé Hill is in there. Of course, Paul Walker is horrible in it. Uh, Freddie yeah. Prince is a very, pretty likable guy in it. I mean, Rachel Lee Cook has one of the most perfect faces I've ever seen. And Isn't it crazy? We're expected to think that she's ugly she's because in, she paints. She's in a new a like, Netflix show or something too. And it's a she movie still with, looks so good. Yeah. It's a movie with, uh, what's his name from, with Damon Wayans Jr. from New Girl. Right. Did it give you more, did you already have reverence for the Sixpence None the Richer song because of it? <laughs> No, I play that song every day at work. And you had no idea that I didn't that... know that that song recurs in that movie eight times. Oh my God, that's all I could think about was anytime I hear that song, I just think of the scene. Also, um, the uh, pizza scene's rough with the little brother. Oh, I remember that, that is I, so I, rough. I think I actually have only seen that movie once when I was being babysat in elementary school. And I, I remember a lot of the main beats. You haven't seen it since then? I don't think so. Kieran Culkin is the brother. Yes. Yeah. And I I sure remember these scenes though, don't <laughs> you I? You do, yeah. Oh, so that's strange. upsetting. Yeah, yeah, I had to look away from that. Yeah. It was it was a, a fine evening watch. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's that was a, a long show show. It was. Yeah. That was almost a two hour app. I don't have a uh We're getting into <laughs> Rogan territory. <laughs> this is Irishman territory. <laughs> what have we done? I don't have a Will Smith thing. Because he like he he's doing mostly good things in the world right now and I don't want to rag on him for that positive man at christmas we tell the truth and <laughs> ultimately maybe, he's not so bad maybe maybe we trust him <laughs> yeah that's right he's like the grinch i guess or is, is it our hearts are growing three sizes or maybe that's what it is okay maybe we d we didn't give him enough of a chance right now we realize this he's not so bad which one of us is going to carve the roast beast mm, i call it gizzard <laughs> <laughs> merry christmas everyone <laughs>